Everybody, my guest today is my friend, Lynn Frias. He's a fellow coach. He's a former corporate executive. And after completing a very successful career, and I think we're going to talk about your journey today, Lynn. Very interesting. Great company that you spend a lot of time at. You pivoted and you help others who are in your shoes do something new when they're not ready to completely call it and maybe hit the golf course or the beach and what's next for them and get their career I was fortunate enough to be on your show a few weeks ago where we talked a little bit about this and I'm unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, uh, not ready to be the retire. I, I can't afford to retire yet, uh, but maybe we'll talk in a few years if I get to that point. But Lynn, so good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be on the show. I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. It's a, I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. It'll be a great conversation. There'll be no doubt. So Lynn, where are you, where are you coming into us from today? So I live right in this middle of the U.S. I'm in western Illinois on the Mississippi River. So uh, it's uh, you can't get much more in the heartland than I am. <laughs> yeah. Also, we're recording this at 9 a.m. Eastern, which tells you, Lynn, you're an early bird. Most people are like, I don't know want to do a podcast at 8 a.m., but appreciate you being here at this time. And I know from getting to know you that you can have a lot of, uh, lot of value for the audience and really interesting journey. So, Lynn, let's get into it. You ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So first off, what is something that you nerd out about? Uh, it's probably um, how systems and people work together. So I'm, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, kids tease me about my large business book collection, but I love to see how things work. So uh, work uh, books about how systems work, books about uh, biographies, about business people, how they uh, shape their careers and stuff. So um uh, I, I love to sort of follow those rabbit holes, uh, down those rabbit holes to see how's, how does that really work, whether it be a different business or uh, things that I'm unfamiliar with. So it's kind of a, yeah. I'm kind of a research. In fact, I've been called the professor. <laughs> so I'm kind That's of a good. researcher at heart. <laughs> yeah, you're a researcher at heart. If you, um, do you have a, a business hero? Like somebody that either you read their biography, their autobiography, or you just know enough about them to go like that person really like you see a lot of yourself in that person. So, um, and this is a recent one, you know, kind of based on what I'm doing now. It's a guy by the name of Chip Conley. Uh, mm. And he wrote a book called Wisdom at Work. And he's uh, uh, he had led a very successful hotel chain. He sold it. And then he got called in to work with the founders of Airbnb. And, oh, nice. Uh, and he said, uh, I had to learn to become a, a mentor. So he was an intern and in that he knew nothing about the technology, but he was a mentor because he knew a lot about hospitality business. Yeah. So I think of uh, the journey he took, you know, and it's similar to what I aspire to, too, to help people, again, uh, get into that second, that next stage of life, whatever they choose it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my wife. My wife works in. She works for an airline, and then she, she's a, she's in the travel industry. She sells the travel now. Like, talk about needing systems and procedures and operations. It all falls apart very quickly unless you've got some very buttoned down uh, processes, and not even the process, but that everybody understands. Yeah, and know and make it easy. Yeah, that was one of the observations that this Chip Connolly made. Was he went to his first meeting and they talked tech, and he didn't understand a single word of it. But then yeah. they started talking hospitality. He says, 
oh, I can give you some insights on how to run a people business. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're like, this is what we would call a tech enabled people business, not <laughs> right. a people enabled uh, people business that's enabled by tech. Well, it is. I mean, obviously, Airbnb is amazing. And at the same time, yeah, if you don't understand, if he didn't understand it, very likely the consumers weren't going to understand it, which I remember using. It was pretty confusing. And now it's quite simple. Really cool. I'm sure we're, I mean, this is going to lead us in further into the episode about the conversation about your career. Want to take a look at, before we go there, Lynn, something that is, tell us about something that's inside of your comfort zone that you know is outside of somebody else's. So what I've found over the years, while I I can tend to uh, work myself up in my own head, when it actually gets the time to be in action, I remain pretty calm. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of roles in my corporate life where um, after it was over, people said, well, Lynn, how did you stay so calm during that time? Well, there's skills, there's things I've learned over the time, and maybe that's just my personality. Uh, yeah. But while other people seem to get all worked up in some situations and don't function very effectively, I've been able to, uh, again, stay calm. And it probably comes with the uh, uh, my affinity for coaching and helping other people talk through their uh, what they think and what they need to learn. So it's a, it's a combination, but it's, uh, it's always interesting because sometimes I uh, hesitate before I, I get in the game, as it were. But then mm-hmm. once the game starts, you know, it, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever have any, any, did anybody ever tell you they got annoyed by your composure? Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking, um, I'm, I'm asking because I've had, I've been in spaces too, where there's a, it's heated, it's emotional. People have like very attached. And one of the things I always hear is like, you're so grounded and calm, cool and collect. And they get like mad at me because it doesn't bother me. I'm like, it bothers me. I just realized that like, there's like, I, it just, it just the way I would put it. And again, because you're a fellow coach, I'm sure you work people. I don't get hooked. Like what's the, and the question I like to ask, and I think this is probably where you'd go to is like, what's the very next thing I can do, especially in business when you're having to solve huge problems. Like what's the next thing we can do to move something forward. That's the way I would, that always calms me down. Um, do you have any, there's obviously a large component of personality in what you just said, a large component of experience. For people listening, is there any anything you would say around, hey, like I'd like to be more composed at work. I'd like to I'd like to be that person like Lynn who can be in the room and have a lot of heated things and just be like the grounding presence. Is there any like techniques or tactics or coaching that you would give to somebody like that? The thing I've often told people and used myself is uh, maintain a stance of curiosity. So mm-hmm. whether you're going into something that's um, there's contentious and stuff, um, it's easy for us to flare up and say, I'm right, you're wrong kind of thing. And so I often encourage people, stay curious, keep listening. Uh, you know, what's, what's what more do you need to find out? You know, it's uh, I always remember the quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln saying, I don't like that person very much. I need to get to know them better. So it's mm. that whole idea of, uh, can we listen and can we remain, have a curious stance, uh, I think really helps people. I love that, Lynn. Yeah. That, and it's so much easier to do when the motions aren't high. <laughs> yeah, that's great. that's great. I mean, you, you we're speaking my language now, too. I was on your podcast. You've seen me speak. I think like we're talking about level two and level three listening, which is easy, easier said than done. Sure. Easier said than done. And yes, the power of curiosity. So what about something, Lynn, that is outside of your comfort zone? that you know is inside of somebody else's? 
<laughs> well, it's <clears throat> as one of uh, my friends have told me, Lynn, you have to be comfortable practicing in public. Um, and again, oh. I come from a, a corporate 40 year manufacturing background where you never made mistakes. You know, you want mm-hmm. to be 99% correct. And so now all of a sudden I'm out there uh, trying to learn how to podcast, trying to learn how to uh, do videos. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's tough to say, yeah, I'm not going to be very good at this right now. And I think that's one of the things I try to help other people, you know, who are trying to reinvent themselves. Hey, in your corporate life, you're always right. But now if you're 65% right, you're really doing great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I made the same shift you had. You haven't. Man, there's just no book on this, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You could be the CEO of a company and like, hey, I work for myself. You're like, oh, nobody's telling me what to do today. What do I want to do today? Oh, wait, that didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you also don't have an operations team or, uh, you know, like you don't have the manufacturing manual, you, manual and be like, hey, what do we do when this thing comes up? You're like, I don't know. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that that's a real that's a real mindset shift. Real well, mindset I- shift. And the other thing that I, at least in my case, I've seen, it gets down to habits sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. in 40 years, I whether I knew it or not, I had a lot of ingrained habits that supported me and helped me and organized my day, whatever it might be. Now, all of a sudden, the good news is you can do anything you want. The bad news is you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> so, and the bad news for a lot of us, looking at myself, is you can do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to come to you and go, so how are your KPIs this week, Lynn? And, you know, like uh, your quarterly review or your year-end review, like how did you do? What has improved? Like it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a journey. It's definitely not for the faint of heart for sure of just like making this shift. Yeah, it makes sense. So you were saying that it's outside of your comfort zone, but it also sounds like you've been practicing being outside of that comfort zone in the new, in the new uh, context that you live in. Yeah, and now <clears throat> I'll have to say it's been a... Uh... Uh, a journey. Uh, you know, it's yeah. not that I'm there yet. Uh, and I've been at this now for seven years or so. So uh, it was uh, interesting when I first recognized it, but recognizing that, again, the uh, habit or the uh, inherent need not to make a mistake, you don't just let that go. Uh, so I would yeah. always encourage yeah. people that this is always going to be a journey as you move forward. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, too, since you know we're in a similar line of work is as a coach, you get trained, like, you know, a lot of coaches are trained, but there, if I'm coaching you and you bring something, there's no manual for me to go reach over to my shelf and be like, so what's the right question to ask Lynn right now? I mean, there are books on coaching and there's some great ones, but it's not about that. Really. That's about, it's about, um, it's about all the, it's about all the things that they can't tell you how, that you can't be told how to do, which is one of the things you learn in coach training is it's not about what you know, it's about who you are. Oh yeah, clients. It's uh, as I've always said that uh, there's no they can't use my recipe. It, it won't work for them inherently. No, I can't. I can't give them a solution to their problem. They have to develop that. Now, the one thing I can do as a coach is maybe they have to connect the dots, but I can show them a few new dots they might look at. You know, and I love so that. Show them and raise up the mirror to say, "Did you know this is kind of how I saw what you just said?" Kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not so much that I'm imparting any wisdom to them in most cases. It's just helping them talk through what it is that they're uh, trying to work on. Yeah. Love that, Lynn. Let's, um, 
So I know you do speaking and such. You go on podcasts. You have a podcast. So if I was give you to give you five minutes here, and you got to deliver a speech, and everybody on the planet got to hear it, which would be really nice for me because then I could really monetize this episode. <laughs> I have a listenership of eight eight billion people for the episode of Lynn. Tweet. Unfortunately, Lynn, I'm sorry, we're not going to quite get there. That when this releases, but five minutes you get to deliver it, and the whole world gets to hear it, and they get to understand it. What would you talk about to all of us, and then what would you want want us to do at the end of your speech? Well, the thing that I would um, again, I come from the context of what do you do in this next period of your life, and it, which could be short or long or whatever it may be. But I think, um, and at any stage of life, we have to remain curious, as I mentioned earlier. And the other thing is, we have to understand the power of small steps. So it's um, both being open to really learning what new things are happening, but then also uh, recognizing that uh, you won't make, you don't have to worry about the big steps right away. You have to just worry about the next step. So I love that. So what is, if somebody says, Hey, I've got so many things going on. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Work is crazy. End of the year. I've got kids. All the things. And somebody says, I don't know what the next step to do is. Well, and some of that is just um, uh, look for a set of questions. So, for example, mm. I do have a handout, and we'll provide that in the uh, uh, in the show notes, I think. But, uh, Please, yeah. It's uh, but basically five questions that you can sit down at any time and just kind of work through. Now, these aren't the perfect questions. These aren't the only questions. But it's just something that you could do in – you know, 20 minutes and get a start on. So it's, it's that idea of um, you, yeah, you've got a busy life. You can't just take a a day out of that busy life and do something else, Uh, but you can kind of start collecting uh, uh, some thoughts a little bit at a time, whether it's just recording on your iPhone or, or writing in a journal. So uh, that's where you start was again with those small steps. Yep. Love that Lynn. All right. We're going to take a really brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Lynn, we are back. So let's um let's hear a little bit more about you generally. And I like because I'm a coach, I like to give it back to the person and ask you, what is it that you would like to have? Uh, what is it that you would like for everybody listening to know about you? Well, I guess uh, just a little uh, history. I uh, uh, left the corporate world after 40 years in manufacturing in 2015. Uh, I started as a manufacturing consultant, obviously going from the mm. what I knew. And I did that for about four years. And then uh, uh, I was also at that same time uh, getting involved in uh, coaching, went through a and still involved in a wonderful program with emotional intelligence coaching. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, that just built on, I was coaching uh, even in my corporate life, all that, you know, again, 
all these threads you just keep kind of pulling together. And then um, a little over a year or so ago, two years ago, maybe now, uh, <clears throat> somebody we both know, Mike Kim, mm-hmm. said, you know, Lynn, maybe what you really want to do is teach people what you've done. Um, you know, it's the whole idea of you've made a transition, you've started your own business, uh, you're still on the journey. So he said, and, you know, as I thought about it, and then as I started uh, looking as to whether this was even needed in the world, uh, at least in my eyes, I found that it was. Yeah, so, for uh, sure. Uh, you know, as I looked and said, we're, we're living longer, we're living healthier longer. So this idea of people are going to hang it up at 65 or something like that uh, and play pickleball. Well, now all of a sudden you may have 30 years in front of you. Are you really going to play pickleball for 30 years? I mean, is that all there is? So, um, <laughs> and then, and then beyond the, uh, you know, for myself or individuals, uh, I started looking and quite frankly, the economy needs people to keep participating. Uh, we don't yeah. have a real high growth rate. Uh, even no, in the today's world, say that. Yeah. There's, there's not enough people. So, um, and interestingly enough at, um, somewhere in like, by 2030, uh, the number of people over the age of 65 will equal the number of people under 18. So really, uh, so we really can't necessarily have all those people not participating in the economy. <laughs> so God, it's so interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. And that'll be the first time ever because life expectancy has gone up enough that, and that'll be the first time in the history of humans that that'll be a thing, right? Yeah. yeah wow. Absolutely. So it's uh. And then, um, you know, you just start thinking about these. And some of this even goes into people your age or even younger. Uh, you know, if all of a sudden we have a working life that spans over 60 years, uh, we're going to have to be prepared to make pivots and turns. And uh, not only could we have uh, six different careers, but obviously a variety of jobs. So uh, yeah. even as you hit the age of 60, you may still have two different careers in front of you. So That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not there yet. I've got a few years. Fortunately, uh, well, not fortunately. I've got a few years of sixty, but I don't know. I kind of feel like per, semi-pro pickleball player might actually be a good fit for me. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> well, and, and I'm saying this. It's funny you brought up pickleball. Uh, just to say, I don't know if you saw this, but like LeBron James and a bunch of other famous people are investing in the pickleball industry. It's real. I guess it's really forecasted to be a big thing in the future. I mean, it's already pretty big. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. It is, and uh, it just—I um, used to say we, people didn't want to play golf all the time, but now it seems to be pickleballs the big thing. So that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, what was the other than like obviously forty years of experience, wisdom, the ups and downs of that? What else do you see that your career gave you that serves you now? And well, you know, I, when you're sitting across from a, a Lynn, a few, you know. You work specifically with people that were you a few years ago, like besides the experience part of it, what else are you taking from that career that like helps you in what you do on a day-to-day basis? Um, Some of it is uh, we've seen the, uh, you've just seen a lot of things go up, go down. Uh, You know, we, we saw the uh, recession of the 1980s. Uh, We -hmm. saw the recession of uh, the dot-com bust. You know, it's, it's always interesting as we bring new people into the workforce they're always thinking this this recession's the most the most awful one ever. Well, maybe so, maybe not. You know. Yeah. But we we bring um, we did get through all those things. 
So yep. what I tell people is you're bringing uh, how to recover from things when they don't go right. Uh, and it, whether mm-hmm. it be uh, economic things or whether it's even screwing up things, uh, you know how to recover from mistakes and, and people haven't had that experience. So you can uh, help people do that or help them keep it in perspective at the very least. Yeah, I love that. This next question is um, is funny because, you know, I was on your podcast last in December of 2022. And so you asked me a bunch of questions and I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> you can ask me anything. You can ask me what we talked about on there. You can ask me anything else. So, Lynn, what would you like to ask me that I can answer for everybody listening and for you? Well, I'm, you know, uh, intrigued by your path and, and the work mm-hmm. that you've done. And I, I guess I'd like to ask, what are you seeing as you're uh, coaching people, especially now as we've kind of moved out of the pandemic, yet we now are maybe facing recession. But what are your clients kind of telling you that uh, is on their mind, top of mind for them? Yeah. Get present to it really quick. What I'm hearing, what I'm hearing a lot, is people are much more curious about what's next for them. Whether that be, for some clients, they like what they they like or love what they do. They love the company. Like what's next for them internally. For a lot of people, it's what's next externally. And the other thing I hear a lot about is. And then this, this is not going to be a surprise to anybody listening is how do I do it all and make it integrated versus the idea. And I I don't know, like, you know, your corporate career, but it was, this is what I witnessed with my parents, my, especially my grandparents. And even for me early in my career, I'm 45 now. So I spent, you know, like started working in the corporate workforce in the year 2000. It's like you go to work and you have this thing that you do and you make money and you perform in a certain way and then you leave and you shut it off and you go home and then you're like actually yourself. And I do mostly work in tech is where most of my clients come from or coaching. Mm-hmm. I coach a lot of coaches. So coaches naturally get this, but like removing that separation of church and state. So how do I actually get to be more of me at work? And then how does my work, how can I bring it home and talk to my spouse about it or talk to my partner or how can I, what if I, what if my, and this is an interesting thing and great question is you're making me think out loud here, external processor over here. A lot of people are like, Hey, what if it's not wrong to work at 9 PM? What if my natural body rhythm or my, and this is how I am. Like I'm a good early morning person. I don't want to work at night because I know I'm not going to do my best work. I'm not going to be creative. So for people, it's like, Hey, what if that's not wrong? What if I actually want to wake up at nine and what I need, what I need to do to best do my job is to go to the gym for an hour mm-hmm. and then i start work at 10 and i work until six but then you know what my commitment is i get on at 8 30 or 9 and that actually works for them so how does it make it and there's companies that support that i mean obviously not all roles support that but some roles do and it's how do you make your job work for you instead of just working for a job that's a big big theme and uh always going to be attention because you serve, I would say you serve at the behest of the company that you work for, which is just the way it is. And at the same time, there is room for more. So that's one of the big things that we talk about is, so from a coaching perspective, it's a, it's a really fun, from a coaching perspective, I love it because it's a forward-looking possibility conversation, which is the best kind of conversation in a coaching conversation, as you know, is like, well, what would that look like for you? Like, that's always <laughs> the question. What would it look, what would your ideal day look like? Okay, how far away are you from that? Okay, well, what, what? And it goes like, what's the next thing? Is there a conversation you could have with your boss about this? 
Sure. And moving that conversation forward. And um, and then, of course, inside of all that is parenting. How do you get to go to your kids conference at three o'clock and not feel like you're missing something at work? Or how do you have people cover for you versus, again, the separation of like, well, I have to take a time off work. Not necessarily. You have a mobile device. You have email. So those are those are some of the big themes I'm hearing. And then other people, it's like, do I want to work for somebody else any longer? Mm-hmm. which I know is right in your sweet spot, which uh, is an interesting coaching conversation because I'm felt called to move out of coach mode and give the advice of like, it's going to take longer than you think it's going to take. And you know, this from the branding part, like the branding people knowing you getting referrals. And I don't care who you are, unless you're just wildly famous, it's going to take longer than you expect. And the possibility there is like, what would that look like to do it now? To start side hustling, like maybe you want to be a semi-pro pickleball player. When do you go and, you know, when do you go and like practice those, practice your pickleball and still maintain what you need to maintain to maintain your lifestyle, your family and all those things. So great question. That, that's at a high level what I'm, I think the, the major theme that I'm hearing and especially, you know, I've, I've met with most of my clients now here in early 2023. I think this is just a natural time when people kind of reflect on what's next for them too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's always, um, Interesting. Obviously, in the pandemic, we found out we can work remotely. Everybody did, or almost yeah. everybody did. Uh, and then uh, I've always been intrigued by uh, some of the corporations that say, well, we got to have everybody in the office. And yet, in the next breath, they talk, they're very proud of how they have global teams, which yeah. obviously means they're not working all at the same time, nor in the same no. place. No. So it's, okay, you can have global teams, but you can't have... Uh, you know, uh, some flexibility with the people that happen to be ge- close geographically. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that's a whole unit. You know, we'll have to have a we could have a whole hour long conversation about that and all the pros and cons. I mean, I'll just share my wife. My wife was not a remote employee until the pandemic, and her company flexed, and now she's fully remote. But it took the pandemic to do that. Well, and, which is normal. A lot of companies. Yeah, and I think the other thing is depending on the roles you play. Um, sometimes in, in business life, we're very activity oriented and we don't recognize that what the value we're really providing is insights. And yeah. so for me and, and the people I'm trying to serve, that's probably where their value proposition is the insights. It's not, I can do a thousand emails a day. It's yeah. no, I can, I can give you an insight based on what just happened that maybe will help you lead you forward. Yeah. Well, my plan is, as you bring up this, we wrap this part up. My plan is that I have AI just respond to all my emails here very shortly. It seems like we're not too be like, hey, chat GPT, can you go uh, respond to these emails? I'm going to go and do the real work. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we're not far off, right? We're not far off. Oh, no. the uh, Yeah, in fact, I've been on some calls where we've been talking about that, that, yeah, chat GPT, others like Jasper, all these things can do all the stuff that you r- routinely do. So the only way you'll stand out is how do you add that your voice and your value uh, to yeah. the conversations you do have? Yeah. Funny. We, I was in a, I do facilitation at this tech community and somebody, we were uh, having a confidential conversation. And then, then after we were done, he's like, by the way, I, I had chat GPT listening to the whole thing and I'm going to put it in and see what it comes back with. And I was like, fun and confidentiality. And it didn't, it wasn't good at that, but 
what we then did, and the reason I share this is as we're talking about this really quickly is funny, we one of the things we do in this community is we look for really good topical discussions we can have with these groups. And so it was like ethics of AI. And the person who puts these things together, he's like, well, let's see what chat GPT says about the ethics of AI. And it spit out a really polished like page on the ethics of AI. I'm like, is this the beginning of the end for us where we're like trusting the machines to tell us what the ethics of them using the machine should be? <laughs> it was, it's really a fascinating time. Really fascinating. All right, Lynn, what are you passionate about? I guess a lot of it is just about learning, <clears throat> learning new things um, and helping people uh, really grow and thrive. So I've always enjoyed uh, coaching or work, helping people develop, whoever they may be, whether it's executives or I've uh, volunteered for people that are trying to do startups as out of college and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. it's always fun to learn and help people uh, grow and thrive. So that's really what lights me up. Yeah. Well, that's good. It sounds like you're in the exact right career for that then. Yeah, very cool. What are you most proud of? Um, I guess in general, uh, proud of my, the life and how I've helped uh, uh, my wife and family, those kinds of things. Um, and I'm proud of the contributions I made in the workplace and mm -hmm. proud of what I'm even doing today. So uh, because I've you know, maintain that curiosity and love of learning. I think I always continue to grow in my contributions. I'm not just uh, repeating the same uh, song or story over and over again. And uh, it's uh, so I think a lot of that is uh, help people grow. And uh, I just as a humorous sidelight, uh, I, I feel I'm successful with my kids because all three of them have uh, bought me dinner now. Uh, in my yeah. Life. <laughs> So my my question is, was it a fast food dinner or you know like oh, a fast no. casual dinner, or is this like a real like, hey, we're gonna, Dad, we're sitting down and you're getting a steak? If you, you're like Dad, you could have anything you want on the menu, tied of dinner. Yeah, it was the anything you want. So it, it was. Uh, yeah, there you go. Wasn't just a burger and fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I, I think we. I said this on my on your podcast, but my parents are both retired now, and my. My dad told me a few years ago, he said, there's probably nothing better in your life than seeing all of your kids like get out and <clears throat> be productive humans in the world. And then, well, maybe the one thing better I would say for my parents and for your listening is probably having grandchildren. I, I just realized we've just gotten down in the pecking order, but I totally, I totally get it. They're way, they're way cooler and more fun to hang out with and do stuff with than we are at this point. Cause we're just obnoxious adults and the grandkids, but he's like, it's like, there's nothing better than see your kids go out and like start their own families, have successful careers. Cause and, it, and for me, like just saying this and like, I have a almost seven year old and a two year old. So I'm like watching them and I'm realizing that like in about 11 or 12 years, our daughter is going to be going to college and like figuring out her adulthood. And our son in is 16 years, like both of them in 20 years will be productive humans in the workforce, most likely, which is just mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Well, I'll send them to you and I'll say, Hey, I know this, I know this, uh, great coach Lynn, uh, you get him going, you get him going early and like, do what you actually want to do versus having to have some job that you does not fill you up. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid you have to look forward to the fact that in about 10 years, you'll become very stupid in their eyes 
And then in about 15 or 20 years, you'll become a lot smarter again. So you're going to have that dip in their eyes for a while, but it'll come back. Well, you made an assumption that it's going to be another 10 years. My almost seven-year-old daughter is already like, daddy, that's just your daughter. Like she's already, she, she, she knows a lot. She knows a lot that her life experience as a first grader. She's got a lot going on over there. That That's totally, totally. That's so good. Um, so, Lynn, what's something that you're afraid might actually be true about you? Um, well, it, it's the, the thing, and, and it comes from a phrase. Uh, one of my uh, managers once said, and who got it from somewhere else, but it said uh, uh, 80% of the people feel they're in the top 15% of performers. And uh, so, yep. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's kind of like I'm mediocre. Uh, and, mm. uh, and I've come to, you know, again, with age, you come to accept the fact that there are things I'm pretty mediocre at and, uh, uh, there are things and it's that idea of what is my value. And so just as a practical example, um, I work with a, a guy, Danny Osmond to produce the podcast. Yeah. I was never hey, going to be anything more than mediocre at producing podcasts. And so I just yeah. think, Let's give that one up, and um, we'll have someone else do that who who is really good at it, by the way. Really good at it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thought that maybe I'm just mediocre, what do you do to compensate for that? I think my assertion Um, is that everybody, like, and I answered this question yesterday. uh, I was sharing sharing with you, Lynn. I'll just share with the audience. Well, by the time your episode comes out, it's already going to be out. But yesterday I recorded the first episode of the season of this show and my wife interviewed me and my answer to this one and if tune in, you can listen is, is I, I'm afraid I'm actually lazy. <laughs> so what do I do to compensate for it? Have an action packed schedule and hard to get a hold of as like a mechanism for like proving that different. So what do you do to compensate for the, maybe I'm mediocre. How do you address that? Well, again, it's, it's like a lot of things you can have a, um, a bright side and a dark side. So I like to keep learning, but then on that, unfortunately, sometimes if I get so focused on learning that I'm not all say participating or sharing what I'm learning. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, uh, to compensate, I get into learning mode. And sometimes, uh, like I said, there's a positive side because yes, I am finding ways to create new value, but two, if you get too wrapped up in that, then you're not actually out sharing that value with others. Yeah, all that. All right, Lynn, how do you see the world? Uh, I see it as having great opportunities, but also a lot of complexity. So it's, uh, yeah. uh, we always, you know, as they, as they say, man plans and God laughs. Well, that's yeah. kind of how I uh, see the world. I mean, there's just, whether it be technology or just, uh, you know, the fact that we have 7 billion people all with creative minds, there's amazing opportunities out there for what's going to happen next. And, uh, uh, but it is complex. So you're going to have to be able to, uh, um, you know, pivot, roll with the punches, uh, keep listening. And uh, because it is, uh, it's not going to be, I'll say straightforward, linear. It won't, their five-year plans are probably just not going to work that well. So uh, (laughs) you can have intentions and principles and, and, uh, and, you know, those kinds of things, but you probably aren't going to have a detailed five-year plan. No, I'm, I haven't had an interview for a job in a long time. I'm curious if that's even still a question. Cause that used to be one of the go-to questions. What's your five-year plan? I mean, I think the answer now would be, 
Well, I might be replaced by a computer. <laughs> I might be doing a role that literally doesn't exist today. Like I had a job at one point in my career that literally did not exist five years prior to me having that role. Like it didn't exist. It wasn't a thing that like anybody knew what it was. So it's it's just so interesting. And I think this applies to almost every industry, every industry, even something like manufacturing, which is, you know, has some traditional, but there's, you know, I coach some people in the manufacturing industry. They tell me about some of these roles. These are not roles that existed five years ago because of the technology and like robotics and, mm-hmm. you know, all like the decision making that can be done with data analysis. It's really just a fascinating, really fascinating time. Yeah, I love that. It's like a good place with a lot of complexity. The, uh, yeah. Several years ago, I served for a while on our school, local school board. And uh, I remember we were talking about the things and uh, there were a couple of things, you know, he said, well, we're preparing children to take on jobs that we don't even know what they are yet, you know? And, uh, yeah. and likewise at the time, I remember seeing a, a job posting, uh, it said, um, you know, whatever internet web designer wanted 10 years experience. Well, that was pretty humorous because at the time the internet was only about seven years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I, I see these, I saw this on LinkedIn where somebody was doing this. They were making fun of these, outlandish job requirements for like developers and they're like in blank years with this and like it's a programming language that's only existed for like three years in its form it's like like okay okay um i wanted to ask you and i just lost my train of thought so we're gonna move to the next thing and then if i get it get it we'll do it if not we'll we'll address it so lynn you mentioned earlier um, you've got something for the audience. So let's talk about that, what that actually is. That'll be in the show notes. And then I want to talk about how can people connect with you, learn more about you, listen to your podcast, all the good stuff. So let's start with uh, what you got for the audience and then next, how people can find you. Well, uh, you know, one of the big things, and, and this is no matter what age you are, <clears throat> but it's this idea of creating a success mindset. And uh, so for, for me, when I'm talking with people, um, you're leaving corporate life. Like I said, a lot of things were defined. A lot of things you're used to. So the first thing is, you know, do you have a growth mindset? Can you explore that idea for yourself? Or are you saying, no, I know what I know and that's all I know kind of a thing. Uh, then the uh, next thing is, well, your identity is probably wrapped up in your job position, your titles. You know, how can you, uh, you know, how can you uh, work on that? And then, you know, it's kind of some questions about uh, what do people ask you about? Because I'm asking, trying to trigger... Uh, trigger people to think of what's their what's their value outside of the just the position or the title they may have had. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just a series of quick questions. Again, it doesn't get you all the way there, but it'll start triggering. Okay, I need to think differently about this next stage of my life. Yeah. Uh, and then um, you know my website is at lynnfrius dot com, and uh, my podcast is there is also on. Uh, iTunes and different places. The The podcast is titled uh, uh, Creating Your Encore Career. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and you have the best would, guests, the best, the best <laughs> guests. It's it's really unbelievable the, the quality of guests you get. Well, and I, I go at it with just, uh, I, I want to have interesting, kind of like you, talking to cool people. You know, I, yeah. I want to talk to interesting people, have a good conversation with them. And, um, and, and then I encourage people to Go through the list of podcasts and find something, a title that intrigues you. Yeah. You know, don't worry about listening to a whole bunch of them because I'm covering a wide variety of topics. So just yeah. check out some things that are uh, kind of intriguing. Yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations on everything you created, Lynn. It was so good to connect with you today. 
um, look forward to our continued friendship and getting to know you and having you back on to dig into some of these really cool topics. Um, before we head out today, I'd love if you'd leave us with some short and sweet words to wisdom. They can be from you. They can be from our friend Abe Lincoln, whatever you, what, John Lennon, yep. I think is the one who said, uh, what is it? Life is what's happening while you're making other plans. It's like the non-God version of it, but whatever you got for us, what, uh, what would you like to leave us with today to think about? Well, I guess I'll, I'll use one from Gandhi. And I, I've had this as a mantra of mine for years. And it's uh, uh, learn like you'll live forever and live like you'll die tomorrow. You know, I love that. I, I, I think of it as we might have 30 years in front of us, even at the, you know, at, at uh, my age. Uh, on the other hand, we might have three minutes. So it's, yeah. uh, you, you don't want to assume either one. Uh, so make sure that you're preparing to live for a long time, but then also live life such that you're complete if it, it doesn't go that long. So, uh, and I've never, I'm, I've never heard that quote. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, I think I originally saw it on a Starbucks mug or something like that. But. The best where all the best quotes come from a Starbucks <laughs> mug. If it comes from a Starbucks mug, it is universal truth. <laughs> That's good. How would you like to be the person at Starbucks? Their their job is to just select the quotes for the cups. Like that would be a cool job. You're like, we need uh, 50 inspirational or, and I'm saying this because I'm a, addicted to Snapple. Snapple has trivia on the inside of their bottle caps. Like who is that person who's like, okay, so your job is to find these things and put them on the thing. Uh, whole different episode. Whole different episode to talk about that. <laughs> Lynn, pleasure. Uh, much love to you and the family, the beautiful children. I hope they buy you even more and more expensive meals. Uh, enjoy those grandkids and we will have you back again soon. Thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity and it was a wonderful conversation and look forward to more in the future. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too. <laughs>